0: Being a Better Man, episode 65. Alright guys, welcome to Wednesday. Welcome to Storytime with Alf. Storytime is where I tell a true story from my strange and interesting life. The purpose of the story is not just to entertain you, but also to share with you the lesson or lessons I learned from that story. They might even cause you to reevaluate parts of your life and help you get lessons that you never knew were there. With that being said, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. I was 14 years old when I was a freshman in high school. It was a horrible, horribly awkward year for me trying to fit in and see where and how I belonged in this matrix of other adolescents going through the same thing, it was really, really a tough year. Part of me being involved and trying to fit in was joining the football team. I saw some success out on the gridiron. We had a pretty good football season, but then the season ended. Some of the other guys got involved with other sports to stay in shape until next year. So I joined track. I wasn't really sure what to do in track. Mainly I was there to keep my cardio up. I was never really a competitive class runner, but I did get a lot of cardio in during the practices, so it was worthwhile. I had a routine. Every day I would arrive early for practice and put on my jock strap, followed by a pair of shorts, and that would be topped off with my sweatsuit. In the middle of the gym waited a five-gallon bucket of analgesic balm, something like Icy Hot, before they invented Icy Hot. I would go to the bucket and take down my sweatpants, and then I would bend over straight-legged and rub down my legs with balm in preparation for practice. The west wall of the gym is where the girls' locker room was. One fine day... I arrived at the magic bucket of balm before anyone else. I took down my sweatpants and started applying the ointment to my legs as I did every day. Suddenly I heard a shriek, followed by laughter from behind me, in the direction of the girls' locker room. I stood up and turned to look. I saw a couple girls who had come out and they were locked in some sort of convulsion of hilarity of one sort or another. Nothing unusual there. By now, a few other girls had come out. I went back to the work of prepping for practice. I hadn't bent over two seconds when all the girls seemed to be laughing simultaneously at the same joke. There were screams and shrieks and laughter, the likes of which you don't see that often. I stood up again and looked around, hoping to catch a glimpse of whatever it was that had them in such a state. By now, all the girls were out. There were maybe 25 or 30 of them. I couldn't see anything, so I went back to rubbing my legs. Again, on cue. As soon as I bent over, the entire gymnasium erupted in a cacophony of feminine hysteria. With the acoustics, it was really quite deafening. I just couldn't understand what could be going on. I figured something must have happened in the locker room, that had them all in stitches. I stood up and looked at the mob, trying to get some clue as to what was so funny. One of the girls, almost blue from laughing so hard, raised an arm to point at something. She was pointing in my direction, so I turned to look on the other side of me, but there was only the empty gym. Then I looked down. To my shock and horror, I saw that in my haste, I had forgotten a step of my routine. I had put on my jockstrap and my sweatpants, but I had forgotten my shorts. Which meant that when I was bent over, my bare bottom was positioned in such a way that the girls could probably look right up my spine from the inside, if you know what I mean. I was frozen for a moment. Then I felt my body temperature rise about 20 degrees in two seconds. It started at my feet and shot to my head like a thermometer. At the same time, I started sweating profusely. My brain was stuck for a minute. I couldn't even think, and I'm sure I stopped breathing. It was obvious that the girls realized that I had figured it out because their laughter increased proportionately with my realization of what had happened. Then faster than I have ever moved before or since, I reached down and snatched my sweatpants from around my ankles, pulled them up, and just started running. I just ran in the direction I was facing, which was away from the girls, across to the other side of the gym. There was a door there, one of the doors with an alarm that's not supposed to be open unless there's an emergency. Well, if this wasn't an emergency... I didn't know what was. I crashed through the door and just kept running. I could hear the alarm going off behind me, but I barely noticed it. I was just running, fueled by the awful adrenaline of embarrassment that was coursing through my veins. I didn't stop running for about five miles. And then I walked very fast for a while, and then I continued running. Eight miles, all the way home I ran. When I got to my house, I ran inside and went straight down into the basement. Into my room. My sanctuary. I landed on the bed and I just laid there in the darkness for a long time. Contemplating what my life had become. It was over, you know. My life. I was sure of it. Nothing would ever be normal again. One thing I knew was that I could never return to my school. That was out of the question. Perhaps I could talk my parents into moving. I didn't know what was going to happen. All I knew for sure was that I could never see any of those girls again for the rest of my life. My parents called me to dinner. I refused to come, saying I wasn't hungry. They kept attempting to get me to come up the rest of the evening, and I kept refusing. I didn't want to see them, because I knew they would make me tell them what had happened. I would have to break it to them that I wasn't going back to school anyway but I put off reliving the nightmare for as long as I could. Finally, my dad, in his stern voice, commanded me to come upstairs. So I complied. They sat me down and had me tell them the whole horrible story. It seems like they were trying not to laugh, which was infuriating. There wasn't one thing funny about this. When the issue of school came up, that's when the war started. I was prepared to be beaten. I was prepared to die if I had to, but I wasn't going back. Before I went to bed that night, we agreed that I wouldn't go to school the next day, which was a Friday, and then we'd talk about it more over the weekend. That satisfied me for the moment. It was the best offer on the table. It's amazing the effect time can have on a situation. When I woke up the next day, I almost didn't remember the incident at first, but then it came falling back into my brain like an anvil on a cartoon. But then Saturday came and went, and Sunday. My parents were wise people. They somehow knew that I would be much more pliable after a couple days went by. They assured me that those girls had probably forgotten all about it, that I probably wouldn't hear a thing. But they followed that up with the fact that I was going to school anyway and there was no way out of it. So I went to school that Monday, expecting the worst, keeping my eyes down. Surprisingly, I didn't hear any comment. I had imagined the whole school would be buzzing about the intimate details of my nether regions, but no one said anything. At track I didn't go to the gym, instead I went straight out to the field and practiced. I managed to make it all the way home without hearing anything about it. Huh. My parents were right. And that's the end of the story. But as you might imagine, I can still remember it like it was yesterday. Because it was such a big deal to me in the moment. And that's one of the lessons I learned. Is that just because something is a huge life-ending deal to me, does not mean that it is to anybody else. I learned something about perspectives in this situation. To me, it really seemed like the end of the world. But to those girls, it was probably just a funny thing that happened. And when they saw how I reacted, they might have even felt bad for my embarrassment. But knowing about perspectives is important because everybody has a different one. And being able to see things from other people's perspective is a very useful skill. The other valuable lesson I learned was about time, the ability of time to dull the memory or put round corners on things where sharp ones used to be. It's pretty interesting. Something about the mere passing of one moment to another, to another, can actually alter your perspective. I've used this many times in the heat of the moment when I might want to explode and say what's on my mind. If I just wait a few moments, I will gain a new perspective, a different one. One that I can control instead of the situation controlling me. It's a very valuable thing to know and one that has served me well as a man. Well, that's it for today, guys. Now head out into the world and keep your pants up and look before you bend over. But mostly, take advantage of the magic of time to gain control over emotional situations so you can be a better man today than you were yesterday. Until next time, this is Alf Herigstad, signing out.